do 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 first start in the morning and we're off to the races welcome back to the books in bed podcast episode nine feeling fine and we have a special guest <laughs> with us today Bree. good morning it's great to be here oh my gosh such a pleasure in bed between you two. <laughs> laying betwixt. I feel like my mom said that too. <laughs> Everyone wants to loosen when they're in bed with us. Naked. The illusion. Nude. Can be realized. Last week we were like not feeling it. We were like cuddled up there and just talking like. Sunken. Yeah. We were in the sunken place. Not ready for it. Last weekend I was, I was camping. So. We oh, wanted yeah. you. You wanted you so bad. Did you do any reading while in you bed? were camping? I did. I did. Yeah, I brought my uh, I brought my book with me. Did a little reading by the by the fireside. Ooh. Yeah. I always like to read when I'm camping, like right in the morning, because everyone's still asleep and it's just like morning vibes, and you're like kind of too tired because you didn't sleep well. Sorry, I thought I had a sneeze. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Do whatever you I want. Thought you, I thought you were like, I want to get this point in about reading Fireside. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very important point. And then Erica just... Just took it away. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I I do love waking up early. Because I usually wake up early to get photos. And then I'm like, well, I'm awake. No one else is. Might as well read. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. That's, that's how it happened. And... Go ahead, swear right now. I mean, <laughs> so you, you couldn't even bring yourself to do it. I mean, like Poop. you can swear anything. Butthole. <gasps> okay, that that was too sorry. far. Sorry. Sorry. We I'll, need to tone it. The down. hole was bring too much. Back. I'll see myself out. <laughs> anyway, let's just do a little intro. Bree is our best friend. Hi, One of our best friends. Hi. Um, and I actually don't know much about you. I mean, I know some books you have read recently, but so that's going to be exciting. Yeah. I actually just started reading frequently again. I had stopped because probably most, much like most of us, uh, social media mm-hmm. consumed my life. Um, and it uh, it got really frustrating. Well, it's just another way of consuming information. Yeah. In shorter than a book so it's not as much of a commitment but you could still learn there so it's like not necessarily all bad i was uh i was still learning but it i could tell that my like vocabulary was getting uh diminished like i just wasn't able to process information at the same rate and then this past year i started going to school and i just felt i'm an old person going to college. Bree is uh, seventy-eight. I'm 78. For those who are listening, oh yeah, no, I'm twenty. I'm twenty-nine. I'll, I'll be thirty in twenty-five days, twenty-four days. Yeah. Our generation thinks thirty is 30's old. Thirty's old. Yeah, we do think that. I mean, that's which is weird. Our generation, like people died at thirty, like not that long ago. A hundred years ago, yeah. People were dying. Hundred yeah. plus people, years. People, people be, you know, it happens. No, but I uh, I just was like, you know, I don't feel as intelligent as some of these kids who are in high school. 
And I didn't feel very intelligent in high school either. So, but I read a lot more in high school and when I was younger. So I did like a challenge for myself and I kind of put Instagram away on my phone for like two or three weeks. And I, I finished like a whole book and I was like, whoa, look how much I accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I've been trying to keep that up. I have a long book list. Like I have a, the Goodreads app. And I just keep adding books, and the list keeps getting longer, and my reading is just, uh, it's still hard sometimes to, you know, jump in there, but. Stay disciplined. Yeah, especially if, like, there's, like, a lull kind of in the book. Like, right now, I I put down the book that I'm currently reading for, like, a week, picked up another book, but then when I went camping, because this book that I'm reading is is very Mm nature-oriented, I was like, oh, I want to bring my nature book camping, and now I'm back in it. So now we're here. Yeah, I like I, that. I'm like that too. Now I'm like, oh, this is too much. I need to get another book, and I need to read something really quickly, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get to that book. And then yeah, I'm crazy kind of like just about room, merit, income again. I just need to get back into the book again. I mean, there's definitely um, like Howard Zen, um, what fourteen. Ninety-two to present, like that one. I've I've read in fragments throughout the years, yeah, just because it's uh, people's history yeah, people's is history. like the main thing. It's a lot. It's a lot to consume, and then I have to go back and read things to truly really absorb it. You know. Yeah, and I think uh, your last episode, you guys were talking about like when books get really heavy uh, emotionally it's hard to finish them and I felt that way uh, last year I read Angela Davis's autobiography that, that was a thick book it was too. thick it was yeah it was four <laughs> or five hundred pages it's just called autobiography it's a great book for anyone who feels like they you know if they want to know more about Angela Davis or you know that just that time yeah. that period yeah yeah even though um you you want to talk about this book i would i would love to hear some things about that book yeah it was heavy um you know last year was heavy for a for so many different reasons and you know we were here in portland the three of us uh, and our friends taking no one else no one else just the three of us everyone left barren wasteland (laughs) because of all these riots and we were a part of them um you know well we were part of the protests yeah um, you know, in support of our of our fellow friends and and family and people of color all over all over the world and here, um, and you know I'm I'm a white person and I have a lot to learn still and so I kind of took it upon myself. Um, I think How do you know you have a lot to learn? Because I'm white <laughs> and I haven't gone through what a lot of people go through simply based on that aspect alone skin color at what point did you learn enough or get enough perspective to say wow there's a lot more i don't know probably Uh, i had a lot of friends growing up who were people of color i had a lot of black friends growing up and i think at a certain point you know it became like easy to for them to be like hey like you know you don't understand. You know, I think when we're younger, like in middle school and high school, especially middle school, like people are like, we're kids. I mean, we don't know how to talk like that. 
you know, and then in high school, you're kind of afraid, you don't want to like lose friends, you don't want to call this person out or whatever. And I felt like because, you know, I was friends with a lot of people, but I was still like this white kid, it was like, uh, you know, and then kind of later in the later high school or like graduating high school years, like I think my friends like, were like, hey, like, we love you. But you know, you there are things that you don't understand. And like, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. But you know, it is different. And then you kind of have to personally get over that, like, defensive hump. Yes. And then you just come to a point where you just are able to have these kind of conversations. And then you just grow from that. And yeah, so I've, you know, had a lot of uh, important conversations with my friends throughout the years. And I still try to, you know, I, I still know that there's a lot that I don't know. And, you know, a lot of things that I will probably never experience. Um, so yeah, just trying to keep, um, myself, um, in, in check, I guess, and, and understanding and always being, um, yeah, educated. Yeah. Always trying to be educated. So aware, uh, self-awareness important. So I'm guessing there had to be many like pieces of perspective in Angela Davis's uh, autobiography that like brought you new awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've known who she was for a very long time, um, but I didn't, you know, know her on it autobiographical (laughs) sense. She wrote it. Yes. This was her book. She very humbly titled it autobiography there's this is it that's the title the one this is it there's no like you know she's uh i think she's a very amazing human Uh, i think a lot of people you know think that she's amazing but disagree with her political views and they kind of brush that aside but she gets into everything in this in this particular book um she gets into her childhood and stuff that she experienced where she grew up and um Alabama, Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama, um, uh, going, you know, school, going to college, you know, leaving home to go to college. And were schools segregated at that? Yeah. Still segregated. Yeah. This was in, she was born in like the forties. Got it. Yeah. And in Alabama and yeah, she went to school in Europe for a while and then she came back to California. went to school in California but yeah, it just, it, it, it is such an interesting book because it takes you through like every single year up to the civil rights movement mm. up to, I think the seventies. So you go through her childhood, you go through her teenage years, you go through her college years, you go through her young adult years, you know, making friends with certain people, seeing her, some of her friends go to prison, you go into her joining uh, the Black Panther Party, her going to prison, you know, uh, her experience in prison, um, her experience with uh, the courts. Oops. Uh, you guys mentioned that in the last episode, you know, talking about so much racial discrimination, right? you know, and people like kind of like making it... Um, making up these rules and making it like, it's not, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, it's not racist. It's right. just X, Y, and Z, but that then falls under, but then yeah, the more harsh, you're excluding the harsher punishments are up to the prosecutors who 
been weighed on these the basis not of race but all the things that inform it right so yeah so she talks about her experience in that and it's there's a lot of really sad parts you know i cried a couple times because she witnesses her friends and family dying and um just a just a lot of incredibly unfair situations and it, and so yeah so that it was a heavy book i put it down a couple times not for very long because i was like really interested in it because mm-hmm. i i like i said i i'd been interested in her for a while i just hadn't read any of her books and i think i'd watched a documentary or, or like a fictional documentary or something a while ago and that was really the only like aside from school you know the only kind of knowledge i had of her but yeah it was a good book i'd definitely recommend it um especially you know just if you're into her if you're into the civil rights movement if you're into you know autobiographies um any 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 of the it falls under so many different categories um but yeah that was that was a good book and it was it was really heavy uh to read it at that time of probably very depressing yeah yeah um wish i'd read it sooner kind of um you know like but you know here we are doing doing what we can yeah and yeah and now i'm reading i mostly read well let's start from the beginning okay like do you remember what books were attached to it do you remember like did your parent did your mom like yeah shit yeah my mom and my grandma are big readers was that wait can i guess yeah was it like (laughs) was it like romance like um Fabio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew it. My grandma, I was actually just talking about this at work. My grandma, so my grandma's passed away for quite a while now, but we, um, she was a big reader of romance novels, like to the max. Um, and we w- went to Lake Havasu, Arizona every year as kids. Uh, well, my whole family went every year and it was like our family vacation. And I remember my grandma would like bring her books with her. And we'd go out in my grandpa's pontoon and we'd putt around the little lake and, you know, we'd sit and we'd find a little place to park. And if it was getting too, like, splashy in the water or if she wanted to sit out on her pool noodle and float around by the boat, she would bring, like, a Ziploc bag. Oh my God. And she'd put her bat, her book inside yeah. the Ziploc bag, read it, and she'd just put her hand up and turn the page every time she had to, like, turn the page. And it was just... <laughs> And I just thought it was so funny when I was a kid. And now I'm like, yeah. You're like, I want to evolve to that level. Inventive. She was a genius. I think it's so important for kids to read and like experience. Yeah. Especially now when phones are just, you know. Just right there, yeah. yeah. Um, Waterproof phones, too. You could read a phone in the water. Um, And my mom was the same. She was also a a big romance novel reader. And Mm -hmm. she she read a lot for a while. She was working in L.A. before she moved to Arizona, um, before she retired. And she would drive her car to the train station and then take the train into L.A., the the metro train. And, yeah, she had, like, a book that she'd bring with her. Um, She read more than romance novels. She liked, like, the kind of, like, sad adult books, like... um, Jodi Picoult and um, yeah, like Iris. stuff like that. Like really, she really loved elephant for, or water for elephants, mm-hmm. elephants for water, water for elephants. She was a big fan of um, a romantic. Yeah, kind of like uh, yeah, stuff like Drama. that. A lot, lot of yeah, romance. I think she liked 
like the murder mystery stuff too, but not scary. My mom's not a big fan of like horror. So she, she stayed away from horror, but like still liked like a little suspense, you know? Um, she read a lot of like the Hardy boys growing up and um, Nancy Drew. No, I didn't read those very often, but we had them all. Like my mom's like Hardy boy collection and Nancy Drew books and stuff. Like we, we still had at my grandparents' house for a long time. Um, I read a lot of, um, uh, I had a joke book that I read a lot of as a child. It shows. It shows. Yeah. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, I guess, I guess still pretty like environmental kind of nature. I liked, um, Call of the Wild and White Fang. I have, I read those books a bazillion times when I was a kid. All of those like great illustrated classic books were they were like the hardcovers and they always had like the really beautiful drawings inside. I read a lot of that. Um, I read a lot of Wishbone series. So like I read Romeo and Juliet in like fourth grade, but it was because it was it was Wishbone <laughs> and like not Shakespeare. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it, it was Shakespeare, but for children. I read Goosebumps, um, had a lot of those. So yeah, you know, I think the average kid kid book stuff but I was I love books um I was always at the Scholastic Book Fair and I actually got in trouble one year because I stole twenty dollars from my stepdad and I went to the book fair where everything cost 80 cents so I showed up with a a crisp twenty dollar bill and they called they called my parents what they called my parents because I was I don't know, third or fourth grade. We think your child is selling drugs. <laughs> yeah. He has a crisp twenty dollars. She's learning she's, too much. She wants to learn she's too much. At she's on. buying eight, ten books. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of. A books. child can't read that many books. And all the erasers too. So many erasers and pencils. And yeah. Oh, I love bookmarks. But yeah, they called my parents because I mean, you really five dollars and you could buy any everything there, and. And they, and I got in trouble, but my mom still laughs at that story because she was like, she was like, I mean, we couldn't be too mad at you. I mean, you stole money to buy some books. Like, yeah, they just thought it was so funny. Nudie. (laughs) Yes. I was at the Playboy mansion, (laughs) but yeah, I think that was like one of those times where my mom and my stepdad were like, uh, you're grounded. Uh, You're stay in your room and and you can't read, read those books. <laughs> cannot read those. that you no. no go outside. You have to play outside. That's that's the punishment. You play outside. No, no, I played outside a lot. So the punishment would have been to sit it. Well, I don't know what it would have read been. Read all those books inside right now. Okay. Um. So then, how about teenage years? What were your favorite? Gosh, teenage years were rough. Teenage years. Um. I went to, I was in high school, as most teenagers are <laughs> in high school. This is groundbreaking. I I was the first one. The first actually. one? I was the first child. I was the first high school. Who ever experienced high school. It was wild. <laughs> no, I mean, I had this very strange, this is going to be, this is really embarrassing. I had a really w- weird uh, idea of what high school was going to be because I watched Grease a lot, the musical, the movie mm. musical. John Travolta. So you immediately like went in dancing and singing. I did, and no one yeah. else was. No, I I thought that oh, everyone had leather jackets. Well, and also they were all thirty. They were all so old. everyone was thirty. <laughs> oh, the guy who played Kaniki, what was his name? He was like fifty in that yeah. movie. 
no, he wasn't. But, yeah, but they, were like adults. they were all full adults. And I thought that in high school, everyone had to wear a leather jacket or you were not cool. Nerd. You were going to be shoved in a trash can. I went to an arts high school, so I don't know what my deal was. Like, I got into a performing arts high school in downtown Long Beach. Uh, took the bus like an hour every day and then an hour home to go to school because it was art and I wanted to be an artist. Mm. And then I ended up doing theater, but um, which was fine, which was great. I love. So the leather jacket paid off. Yeah. So and then we did Greece, and I was like, wow, full circle. Um, This is high school. This is just like high school. Um, No, I I I was a really smart kid up until high school, and I kind of thought that I was in a weird part of my finding myself where I thought it was cool to be a slacker and cool to not get good grades so i really bombed the high school california vibe. i had the california <laughs> vibe i was like what's up um but i i really uh, i'm looking back like i really fucked up my sorry oh there it is fucked up i said oh, it thank you i really uh i really sort of screwed myself over with that with those grades and i did terribly in high school and all my summers were spent in summer school and I wasted a bunch of summers and I was pretty disappointed and pretty disappointed in, in, in what, you know, what I was Well, it got doing, you here. So. It got me here. I'm, you know, I probably would have went to college when kids normally go to college, hey, but, but also it's like, I probably wouldn't be doing this. Right. So. Sometimes it's better to go to college later because that's when you really know what you want. And yeah, and I do. And I was, I was talking to my advisor the other day and she was like, wow, like, I've never talked to anyone who like has such a clear goal. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, 29. So <laughs> I've had some time to think about it. She was like, you know, it's never too late. And I was like, I agree. My brain is formed as much as it will be. Yeah. But yeah. So high school, um, I, can't remember reading. I still, no, I still read. I, I, it was, it was just more of like, um, the perks of being a wallflower. Oh God. Talk about perk. Yeah. Perks of being a wallflower, my friends and I, we, I had a group of friends where we had one copy of that book that we just passed around and around. And wrote in it. And wrote in it so and highlighted me. in it. Yeah. I had that. I don't know who had, somebody has my copy of it. Somebody lost it. One of them lost it. They like dropped it in the lake or the ocean. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in, um, what was it? Probably 11th grade. One of my electives was working at the library at our school. It was super fun. It was right. It was funny because it was right when Twilight was becoming popular, the book. And I remember every day I was like having to like restock these like thick, heavy books. And I was like, this isn't Harry Potter. Like they got bigger as they went on. I was like, every single one of these books are thick and heavy. Like it was like, what is this? It was like restocking like, like encyclopedias every day. And I finally went to the librarian. I was like, Miss Librarian. That's what I called her. Miss Librarian. (laughs) I was like, what are these books? Why am I having to do like I, it, they they were on the top shelf and I had to get on those one of those little stools that had wheels. And but had if you double. but if yeah, but if you stepped on it, the wheels like, you know, disappeared underneath it. I had to get on one of those every day to put these books away and she was like, "Oh, it's Twilight." She was like, "Oh, you know, you might like it. I don't know." She was like, "It's about vampires and werewolves." And I was like, "Okay." And then she was like, "But it's also about romance." And I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> And you lost me. She, yeah, she knew me pretty well. And she was like, I don't know if you'd necessarily be into them. And she was like, read this book. And she handed me Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. And read it, loved it. Mm. And then it became a movie. Also loved the movie. So I read a lot of books like that. Um, 
a lot of like the the teen angsty yeah i read uh like nikki six's heroin diaries which was not teen or angsty it was like a nonfiction book about drugs i read a lot of um like william s burroughs so i read a lot of drugs i read a lot of drug books because i was interested in maybe drugs and then as after i read them all i was You're like, like mm. <laughs> hard pass and i got really afraid of drugs and i didn't even mm. smoke weed until like my wasn't it yesterday i think yeah it was yesterday's the first time no it was my senior year it was at the rehearsal for our graduation me and some of my friends went back and i had a lot of like stoner friends we went back to uh my friend zach's house and everyone's getting super high and i was like you know what fuck it i made it I've, i'm graduating with my very low gpa it's <laughs> <laughs> like let's let's do this and I got high for the first time. And then after that, your GPA actually it skyrocketed. Actually, it did. It went through the roof. Yeah. No, I and then I and then I did. I smoked. I smoked a bit more. And then I had a really bad experience. Never smoked weed again. So anyway, but yeah, you know, I I thought one day I would try shrooms and acid and all that and. Um, You're like, I just read about it. I, just, I got the experience. Well, That's they, how I felt. Well, that was the thing is they, they were all talking about heroin and all these books. And I was like, so definitely not doing that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I read a lot of that in high school. And then after high school, I started reading a lot of scripts because I was really into uh, mm. movies. So I would read screenplays and, like, adaptations of of books that were screenplays. That's and, one thing I've interesting it was weird i had so many like you could find them there was like a a website and i would just print out like these like thick script.com yeah it was literally like yeah screenplay.net or something world wide web um um, not really no i mean it was just like the did it it kind of helped you understand like the format yeah, it it more it more so helped me understand the format of it because it it was hard for me to mentally get images onto paper without describing them in full detail like a book. So when I was really into filmmaking and when I wanted to do that as a as a possible career, um, I would just read all these screenplays and kind of got a better understanding. And I wrote I wrote one short movie. I wrote a couple like. Uh, music videos you know that I mean the music videos they were just for me to write I didn't nothing happened with them but I like wrote a music video for one of Pink's songs like Mm -hmm. forever ago because I love Pink and I wrote a short film that we shot and and actually did and then something happened to my friend's computer and we like lost all the audio footage and so it was just like yeah and so that I mean that was years ago but uh, yeah I was like really into that for a while and Yeah, that I that was I was just winging that one. Yeah, visual storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I still very much so love cinematography and uh, storytelling through images. I mean, I I still take photos, you know, pretty often, and you know, hopefully when things, you know, are a little bit more accessible, um, you know, with COVID, you know, maybe more videos will happen. But um, you have a great eye. Thank you. Also, we're all vaccinated. That's why we double vaxxed. Double vaxxed. Double vaxxed. Double 
I am in bed with us. I'm in bed. Oh no, no, I'm right between you guys. Um, they banished me. So what? When did your um, interest in like what biology, animals, stuff like that? When did all that start? Like what? You're Out of necessity. Uh, a long time ago, actually. I was in, I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was a kid, but it seemed so inaccessible. Like it seemed so far fetched. Like, like being an astronaut. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. Like, how does one even do that? It was like not even being an astronaut. It was like being the moon. Like it just seemed so impossible. Being an astronaut, you're just like yourself. Whereas you know what I mean. Like you're you're just yourself in a group. So it's so funny that like I mean obviously. Yeah, yourself if you're if you know astrophysics. You think astronauts, the actual astronauts, the ones that go up there, know astrophysics? Yeah, yeah they know how to like work on the the mechanics yeah. and machinery they're super inside smart. of Ast- a, astronauts are very intelligent inside of a spaceship. Yeah, like you don't. I don't buy it. I oh my gosh, they're some of the most intelligent people. I, I mean, yeah, they sent a monkey up there, but the monkey, even the monkey, knew how to all. operate. In no, no, a- astronauts are very very smart people. We're talking. Yeah. Kathy Sullivan. Look, Kathy Kathy Sullivan is one of my favorite humans that I will probably never get to meet. She has not only been to space, but she's also been to the deepest parts of the ocean. She has, like, been... The furthest. Everywhere. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. She's incredible and very, very, very intelligent. Um, But, yeah, no, I was was really interested in, in the ocean and water and all of that stuff as a kid. My bedroom was, as a child, was full of... Dolphins, yeah, inspirational dolphin posters, you know, dolphin statues. You know, I think it was mostly my mom, you know, thinking that you'd like it one thing and then they buy you like a million. Yeah, yeah, but I think she also was interested in in sort of like my mom was afraid of the ocean. She's been afraid of the ocean since Jaws came out, but I think she thinks that it's very pretty. She just won't like swim in it. Um, but yeah, I mean. I just I've always liked animals like I said when I was younger all the books I read were all like an, like I mean when I say that I read White Fang and, and Call of the Wild a million times like a million times like those books were like my bedside books like I had them all the time my my stuffed animals I didn't have like dolls that I played with I had like animals like it was my Simba toy and Flick from A Bug's Life if anyone's familiar with that movie, I had a, I still have Flick. He's at my mom's house. Um, so very animal based, but yeah, I mean, like I said in high school, I just kind of slacked off a lot, and I didn't really have a clear understanding of what I wanted. And my mom, uh, it's a lot to expect yourself at any age to have your future figured out. Yeah, but but you know, people do like I. Some of my favorite people, like, I was just talking about Jane Goodall. I mean, she, like, was obsessed with, you know, the outdoors and nature from, like, the age of, like, zero. It was, like, she was a kid, fell in love with the outdoors, and, like, that was it. And, you know, I think that she was, you know, the differences were, were people were able to have these sort of, like, open conversations with their parents. And I, I didn't really get to experience that. Um, my mom worked a lot. My stepdad worked a lot. And I grew up with a lot of uh, babysitters and nannies. And so I didn't really, like, communicate with people, like, what I, mm-hmm. what I really enjoyed. Or, and had 
yeah and by the time i but by the time it was just me and my mom i had started to show an interest in movies and and theater and art so you know that was sort of getting into high school so then that was like okay let's get her into this arts high school and and all of that but all of like the science stuff i mean i used to i used to have this like science book when i was a kid that was like uh thing like inventions like that kids could build like little like science things that kids could build and i did the science project where i like made a light bulb light up using different objects that were conduits and like conductors and it, it was the potato one. I had like this light bulb in the middle of like a foam board and then the two wires coming across it and then like foil. And then you'd put something in between the two pieces of foil. And if it was a conductor, it the light bulb lit up. So if you put like a metal nail, it would light up. And if you put like an eraser, it wouldn't. And like, that was the kind of stuff that I was really into. And then I just sort of like lost all that. Like I was, I had a bunch, I had won a bunch of science awards when I was younger. And then, uh, yeah, in high school. Yeah, then it got hard. And they put me in chemistry in the ninth grade because I had got, done so well in middle school. And then I totally failed chemistry because I was, like, too busy sleeping because I was so cool. <laughs> Such a cool kid. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like, <laughs> when, like, kids are growing so much in between. Like, it's, it's amazing that anybody is out of high school when you're that young because you're just going through so much learning all this information that you don't have and plus your body's changing your brain is growing and like and I was dealing with the fact that I'm incredibly gay <laughs> yes that and was I, a lot and I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope with um, as time goes on and we are having conversations about just like gender and, and sexuality and like stop fucking focusing on it doesn't like you know what I mean in a way of like that it needs to be figured out yeah like and just kind of like it being like already accepted instead of having to like uh work like come out yeah and that that will be something that kids won't have to worry about in the future and like can just be themselves yeah hopefully that's like because that does it consumes consumes so much of your thoughts and everything but but yeah Your hormones are crazy already at that time so. oh, just bouncing around like little monsters little little tiny molecule monsters <laughs> but yeah so i've i've always um been interested in in, in the animals and nature and um do you remember like a movie or something that maybe recently that made recently. you go Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of us got furloughed or lost our jobs this past year. I got furloughed, so I was home for a really long time, and I'd already taken a pretty big interest in the environment. Um, you know, I went vegetarian, or I went pescatarian, then I went fully vegetarian, and uh, trying to be less wasteful, you know, just keeping things uh, on my radar. Yeah, trying to do my best. Um and then while I was furloughed, I was just, I was watching a ton of, I mean, I love documentaries. I mean, I could watch docu I could just put them on and watch them all day. <laughs> and I was watching a bunch of nature documentaries on Disney Plus because they, you know, are with Nat Geo. They've got a little sisterhood with Nat Geo. And I was just like, man, like, 
this is like at the time I was like oh yeah like documentary filmmaking like that is something that I've really been interested in for a very long time uh in regards to like when I wanted to do filmmaking and I started looking up all of these filmmakers all of these like camera people and videographers who are doing these documentaries and I just looked at their backgrounds and I was like what are these what do these people do and a bunch of these cameramen and women all had degrees in biology or ecology Mm -hmm. or environmental Mm -hmm. science or this or that and I was like oh so they got their degrees in a science field and then figured out how to use a camera and already had an understanding of their environment and then they were like oh yeah I can go into the ocean because I studied ocean mammals I studied oceanography I studied marine biology and I also know how to use a camera so let's do this and so that kind of gave me the idea of like hey why don't I go back to school get this degree and then continue on with the filmmaking and the more that I do school the more I'm like maybe I just want to be a scientist and do just the science and not so much the filmmaking because there's there's just so much that needs to be done. Well, I think that what is kind of nice is that the camera is the vehicle to get into the places that you want to study. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're like using that to guide you to be like, okay, I'm just going to go document this thing. But then as you do that, you discover stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's mean, it's like a vehicle originally I was going to minor in filmmaking and major in uh, a science and uh, now I, I am getting minoring and majoring in a science and you know I still want to keep up my camera work and continue to take photos and and you know you're gonna do documentaries somehow somehow yeah I mean all these people still you know everybody has a camera on them when they're out doing this stuff and research assistants I just watched this uh like seven episode a series on Disney Plus called Continent 7 and it was all about these scientists and researchers working in Antarctica and um, they had like a couple of research assistants in some of these missions and you know they uh, they had cameras you know everybody has a camera on them to document what these people are doing but like you know I'm like okay there was, there's always going to be room for, for that sort of documentation and, and you know it might help me get different kind of jobs but right now the the major and the minor are both looking like science based which I'm very happy with I have a plan if it happens I'd be very happy if it doesn't and I'll work around it but, <laughs> but yeah so um so that's kind of that's kind of how I got to the school situation was um just realizing that if you really want to get into it um with the environmental stuff you gotta have a degree to, to show for it so here here I am Doing it. Got my finals on Monday, tomorrow. And then I'll be done with my first year of college. Oh, man. Thanks. Big deal. Big deal. Big stuff. Baby Bree, all grown up. (laughs) All right. How about the book that you're reading right now? What's the name of it? Kings of the Yukon by Adam Wymouth. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, It's uh, subtitled A River Journey in Search of the Chinook, which is the Canadian uh, name for king salmon delicious yeah topic to talk about that is That's what I, was <laughs> I don't eat fish <laughs> and this book is one reason um 
yeah, it's this this uh, writer who decides to go up the Yukon the same way the salmon go up the Yukon, and um, just bring awareness to the fact that they are diminishing in population and in size. I mean, in the first couple of pages of this book, he talks about sort of the history of salmon, uh, mm. king salmon, and I mean these mm. these fish used to be massive, like. 80 pound fish on the regular just like that was like an average weight and these days people are going out and they're catching like 30 40 50 pounders and they're like oh man that's huge but you know it's nothing compared to what they used to be and what is causing that uh overfishing yeah just a crazy amount of overfishing um you know the ocean water uh and chemistry changing with ocean acidification more and more people uh building industrialization <laughs> not the right word is rooting migration patterns um because these fish they've been doing the same thing for for hundreds of years i mean these these fish are, are like prehistoric they're they've been around forever and they're one of the only fish that can survive both in the ocean in salt water and in fresh water um they're amazing creatures they've got like these this like magnet in their brain they've got something in their brain that's like a compass that just like tells them like this is where yeah this is where we need to go and at what time and so you know i'm not very far in the book but he basically he just meets a bunch of people along his journey he's canoeing just up the yukon so just (laughs) this cold river through alaska and through canada um and so, yeah, he he talks to a bunch of people who have either just lived in Alaska for a long time or who have a, a rich history with the Chinook, with the King Salmon, uh, a lot of First Nations people, you know, that's, um, you know, he talks, he interviews this one, um, this one guy who talks about how growing up, that was such a important aspect of their life was going out fishing, eating the salmon. It was something that his people had done for years and years and years, you know, before colonization of Northern America, you know, and, and Canada. Um, and he said something that, that was along the, the lines of his children's children are never going to experience what he experienced. And it's just like really kind of depressing in, in the sense of like going out and catching this fish and like in a very ethical way and like you know yeah they being very respectful and mm-hmm. yeah what, what's happening to that opportunity they're just the, those fish just don't exist these these massive fish that they you know they could catch and eat for a week one fish you know it just doesn't they're not out there anymore they're small um you know the bigger fish are getting caught and then the smaller fish are left behind and then the smaller fish breed with smaller fish and then they breed more small fish. And so mm. it's just these small salmon and they just, and then the smaller the salmon, the more that they need to sell. So the, the, you know, the, um, the fishing, um, uh, industry is just catching more and more and more and more. And it's just, it's a lot And you know, uh, it's a hard, uh, place to be because these, these people who are fishing, you know, they need a job too. But, you know, I think there's a lot to be done 
about ways to do things more sustainably. Yeah, I was going to say, what are some of the methods or approaches that are, I mean, is this actually being addressed? Uh, yes, no. I mean, you know, if you watch enough movies, you'll see, like, Seaspiracy talks about overfishing a lot. Um, you know, is people... I don't really know. I don't think so. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the the things that need to be done in science aren't fully funded. So it's hard for people to, to conduct these uh, research experiments and research projects and, and to get these numbers because not a lot of science is, is funded by the government. Um, but... You know, it's just interesting because this this book is just one little piece of like a very large one ribbon. Yeah, it's like yeah, one little web off of like this massive spider web of of things. And so you know, it's it's if you're just reading it on you know the surface surface level, it's like oh, this is you know this is a nice story about a guy taking his canoe going about yeah, a river. So like- Um, a little bit. Like I said, I'm only like 80 or so pages in, so I'm not super deep into it. But, um, I think he does mostly focus on the people that he meets. He, you know, recounts the stories that that Mm. they've told him. Um, and then also about just the environment. Uh, so he did a lot of like Alaskan, uh, history, talking about like kind of the history of of the Alaskan frontier, you know, like it's this, this massive wilderness. Um, he talks about sort of the animals that he sees and sort of the background of them and that kind of stuff. He doesn't, he doesn't talk about himself too much, actually. Um, it's mostly just this like journey that he's, that he's talking about really. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could take this and, and, and you could go down the route of like looking at overfishing or you could go down the route of looking at, ocean acidification or you could go down the route of you know uh climate change and and what that's causing and that's causing you know acid acidification and then that's also causing um you know overfishing and you know the increase of um of just people in in this world you know cause you know it's just this you can just bounce around to like a bunch of different (laughs) things if you if you want to get you know real sad um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sucks, you know, but I keep reading these books and it's so depressing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like them because they keep me aware and they keep me. Um, you feel like, well, I'm actually in touch with reality. They keep, Yeah, they, they keep me inspired too to want to keep, you know, pursuing this because I'm not a, I'm not a great student. I, you know, it's it's hard for me, especially right now to go to school because I work full time and school is a full-time job and I'm you know I'm taking summer classes to get all these credits for my general so it's like there are days where I'm like I don't want to do this why am I doing this I could just be a simple person make it you know a bit of a wish there's plenty of of those out there you know that's fine you know but I was like then I read these yeah and it and it gets me back into like okay this is why I'm doing this um and I listen to a ton of science podcasts like on the daily I mean, they're inspiring and some sometimes sad. Ologies. Anyone out there, if you like comedy and science or both, 
or one of one of each. It's a great podcast. Um, Allie Ward is the host. She's from Los Angeles. I don't personally know her, uh, but I wish I did. Well, I have a friend who does know her, <laughs> but he's also in Los Angeles. Um, and she's been doing this podcast for a few years. I started listening to it in 2018, and it's actually one of the reasons I moved to Portland, Oregon, um, was because I wanted to pursue a career in uh, the uh, land natural environment, and then that switched back over to my, my love of the oceans, and I'm, I'm pursuing marine sciences. But um, yeah, I moved here because uh, I wanted to, to do like forest stuff and forest mm-hmm. ecology. And, um, yeah. And then just as I listen to more, she, she, so her podcast is kind of like getting people to look at scientists the same way they look at celebrities. You know, she brings on these, asks these people to, to come on They're They're a scientist in a specific field. So like it's every episode is a, is a different ology. So there's, you know, dendrology or marine biology or, um, biomineralology that was one that I just listened to about um, biominerals so like um, seashells um, and, and stuff like that a um, lot of lot of interesting stuff volcanology is the first episode if you like volcanoes it's pretty cool uh, Jess Phoenix is the volcanologist that, volcanologist that she interviews and she's like this like badass female scientist like just jumping into volcanoes and like being cool she recently interviewed uh black forager who's this scientist who started like a foraging tiktok like profile and youtube and she like tells people like what they can go outside and pick and eat and like how to cook things just like you can find anywhere so her yeah her handle is black forager and she's like this is like super funny like awesome scientist and yeah, so she interviewed her not that long ago, and like that was a really fun episode because I didn't realize you could eat like an entire like dandelion, just the whole thing. We actually have one um, right, right here, here. Bree. Okay. Would you mind a starter on the air, just <laughs> ingesting it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just weeds. Not just weeds. They're not just weeds. It's food. I've learned so much from this podcast alone that I'm just like everybody needs to listen to it because it's awesome. And these people are super funny and super smart. And she's really funny. So she and she will off, you know, off camera, <laughs> off microphone. She'll yeah, she'll pause if the scientist says something that like a normal person wouldn't understand and she'll be like, "By the way, I googled this and this is what this means." So like you could be a, you know, oh, any type of person. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to be into science. It makes it more accessible. It makes it super accessible cuz she's and like, I, she doesn't know what some of these people are saying. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Right. So she does it separately. She records the episode and then she listens back and then she's like, you know, by the way, I did not understand that word either. <laughs> and sometimes she'll be like, yeah, they told the science joke and I didn't get it, but I laughed anyway. You, said, <laughs> like, you, did, you did say one of the ologies and I didn't know what it was. Volcanology? No. Biomineralology? No. Dendrology? Yeah, that was. Study of trees. Mm. So fun insight. Fun insight? Fun fact. Fun fact. 
I um, met the ecologist that she interviewed after I moved to Portland because he's a uh, urban forester for the city of Portland. And I took a chance and I sent him a, a DM. And I said, hey, you're cool. I like this episode. I like trees. You want to... <laughs> I'm moving to Portland soon. You want to get coffee? And he was like, sure. And he's a very nice guy. Oh, <laughs> and now he has, make dreams come true. he has his own podcast now, him and his buddy. He talks about trees um, and his friend is not as knowledgeable in trees. So they have a fun podcast called Completely Arbitrary mm-hmm. and learn about trees. If you like trees, I listen to that one too. I also listen to How to Save a Planet. Listen to Science Rules by Bill Nye, the science guy. I listen to Books in Bed. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Books in Bed. What else? That's kind of what's nice about this podcast is that we can we can be talking about whatever because you kind of become not an expert, but you become knowledgeable in that field that you want to read. At yeah. Least, like that's how we like to look at it. Where you will like look up other things. Well, yeah, the the beauty is in the associations, you know, that everything there's a relationship that you can almost uh, find in everything and anything. To everything and anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all connected. Yeah. Um, but you don't know that you don't know it until you learn more things and you see on the map where that intersects. I had no idea that I would be interested in um, cartography before I listened to an episode about uh, cryo uh, geomorphology, where they talk about like ice. Did you make that up? Icebergs. Just be honest. No, icebergs. <laughs> the stu- it's like the study of icebergs on mountains. And like their relation with the land. Mm. And then I took a geography class and I was like, oh my gosh, I got an A in this class. That is shocking. And now I'm like, am I going to minor in geography and GIS and help map the ocean floor so that we don't all sink because of icebergs melting? Am I going to do this? I think I am. And so now it's like part of what I'm studying in school is my minor's geography my major is environmental science because I couldn't pick this one until you yeah until you just stumble upon an episode with a word that you didn't know how to pronounce you know two minutes prior it's fascinating (laughs) because um in some of the like older literature that I've read you know people just dedicate their whole life is dedicated to writing or it's dedicated to philosophy. It's dedicated to science. It's dedicated to shoemaking. They just picked one thing and did it. And did it. But today, we I feel like we've lost touch with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous of some of those people. You know, I do get a little nervous about my own future when I listen to some of these scientists because they are people who have who realized early on what they want to do they picked a thing and now they're doing it and 
it's a little intimidating because I'm, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, by the time I graduate college, I'm going to be 34 and then I still have to, you know, work, you know, X amount of years before yeah. I can get into that career where I want to be forever. But I'm wondering if these, if the stories that maybe I've read and heard about, those are the success stories and everyone else didn't have the the uh, opportunity to fail into this this straight line because mm -hmm. we've all bounced around right or and, you just don't dabbled. hear the other stories exactly. you don't hear I those stories i tr i try to remind myself all the time that like people like um uh what's his name um han solo what's his name oh the Harrison Ford. No, Harrison Harrison Ford. Also an impactful story. Harrison Ford didn't get his first acting gig until he was like thirty something, and it was like in Indiana Jones or whatever. And like, and and now, yeah, now he's Harrison Ford. Like he's Han Solo. He's Indiana Jones. He's he's all these, you know. That's, that's the beauty of trusting your intuition and just enjoying, like, leaving yourself to enjoy what it is that the moment is saying, hey, do this right now. And all the connections will only help you. They won't hurt you. Like, connecting filmmaking and biology or, what, you know, photographing things. You know, you can do multiple things while still reaching a goal. Yeah, and I, then that realization has really helped me because I, I'm also, I mean, I'm the same way. I like to do a ton of stuff. I do currently do a ton of stuff. Like, I have a lot of hobbies. I like things. Um, I like plants. I just started a planted aquarium. Why? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Why not? You know, phycology is really interesting to me, study of algae. Uh, seaweed, I think, is going to be a really big industry soon uh, in America because it already is in other parts of the world. Um, and I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I and I know that I want to pursue marine sciences and like, you know, that could fall into place at some point in my career is is I might need to to do this. And and that's another thing that I've started to learn about these scientists is like they will go to school and they'll get their master's or their doctorate in like a specific field, but they're doing, they're doing all these different kinds of things because they just have all this knowledge in all of these different things. Um, like uh, with the episode, one of those episodes from that Antarctic show that I was watching on Disney plus, like this guy was like a paleoclimatologist which is like the study of previous climates. Um, but he was doing mostly GIS work, which is uh, geographical information systems. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, he has a really fancy title, but he's doing something that like is, it, it, it's something that is attainable. Like 
you hear these big words and you're like, fuck, no, what is that? And then you're like, oh, no, like, you can do that. Like, and then I, I really want to work for, for NOAA, the National Oceanic and uh, Atmospheric Administration. Uh, and I emailed them and they got back to me and I was like, hey, I just, you know, I want to do this. What, you know, what degree would look better? You're like this or that. And they're like, it's not about the degree. It's about the classes. They were like, just take the right classes. And that's what we're going to look at. You know, obviously the degree has to fall in some sort of science realm don't get a degree in like guitar or whatever <laughs> but like because I was like should I get a bachelor of arts or a bachelor of science like what is gonna be better and they were like that is not as important as like what specific classes you're taking like what knowledge are you obtaining and so then you're like oh that ju it just seems more attainable if you think about it in chunks it's like if I have yeah this and this and this and at some point they're all gonna like work together to like get this this main goal done. That's um, kind of it. like my my call to action though is like make a Venn diagram just for like less than less than less than less. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And put all the things you're interested in and then like figure out is there something that meets all of those things. Yeah. Or create something that does that. And the exciting thing is like I feel like I have lived that. I was really into science as a kid and then I got really into art and then I got really into um, filmmaking and photography, but then I got really into theater. So like my love for wanting to do that, I ended up in doing in theater. I did theater for a really long time. I worked at Disneyland. I worked for Cirque du Soleil. Um, and then that brought me back to photography and I did that for a really long time. And then that brought me back to science. And I was like, whoa, I did this weird like boomerang thing. Like, almost coming full circle now I have all of that information and all of that knowledge I doing now theater you, now you need to make a Cirque du Soleil <laughs> climate change burlesque show oh my god <laughs> hasn't been done I can that do I know of I could do it I have a lot of friends I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of talented scientifically friends scientifically accurate Scient oh gosh <laughs> No, but you know, it, it, it all, it all comes together. Theater helps me, uh, theater and Disney helps me be able to work with any types of people. You know, I, there were so many different personalities that you're, that you're coming across so many different types of people that you're meeting, uh, you know, super, super professional to like really, really casual and like, you know, high energy, low energy, you know, technical, non-technical, all these different kinds of, of walks of life. And, getting to interact with all those kinds of people have I, I have now a, a broad understanding of how to to work with anyone and I do work with a ton of you know people and you're gonna have to work with a ton of people and so it was just like it you know if you look at it kind of in that way you're like oh, okay I did you know maybe I'm not gonna be going out and like reciting Shakespeare after I get my degree but like I'm gonna work with people who you know who I can connect with on, connect other with. on yeah on, on other levels or just you know you're also a very interested person that's I mean, I it's that's clear. it's a quality that you're I think is so amazing about you is you're always fascinated you you can find something to be fascinated everything's with. fascinating yeah I want to uh I want to yeah I want to do it all but 
you know, but only what I want to do. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So do you have a call to action to our listeners? It could be about anything we talked about or just in general a life thing. Um, Listen, look up more uh, science stuff. Yeah, listen to some podcasts, read some science books, because I feel like people think that that sort of field is very scary and intimidating, and it's not. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't have anything to do with. Or, or like I used to just be afraid that I was never going to be as smart as some of these people. And I'm still not as smart as a lot of these people. And there are some people that I will never be as smart as. But, you know, there are so many different outlets now where you can feel so connected to these strangers. And they are so open to wanting everyone to to understand and know what's going on. You know, a lot of people don't realize how underfunded the sciences are from the government. Like, they're so underfunded. And so, so many people, so many scientists are like, yeah, we want you to get involved. Like, please, like, you know, please be interested in in what we're doing. Because the more people that are interested, like, the more that that may be able to happen. So, don't be afraid of of these big brain people. Because deep down, you know, they're, they're, they're people. And they want to have everyone have a big brain just like them and I think that that's like really awesome and um you know it makes it a lot less scary when you realize that these science people are are just people well I think there's uh maybe a belief that if you are not born with that inclination or if you are not already inherently smart as if people are just born knowing um then obviously I'm not the one to know these things or pursue the, pursue this knowledge because yeah. oh it wasn't God gifted so obviously I'm just gonna stay dummy. Yeah, I mean a lot of people are born into you know oh my parents were scientists oh I did this, but a lot of people weren't. A lot of people were just like I just found this thing and I fell in love with it and now I'm doing it and that's that and. You know, and they may have never realized that if they hadn't talked to maybe someone else who was interested in it or maybe watched that one movie or that one show or read that one book. So, you know, I think it's I think science is really important and I think it, there's a lot of it. And um, I think, yeah, just just, you know, if if anybody has a small little interest in anything, just like give it give it a Google. You see know, where it goes. T- t- type in that word and then see what kind of books, you know, go under like the book tab and Google. Maybe you'll find a cool book about it. You'll get to learn more. Maybe you'll get interested in it. Who knows? Like, there's just so much out there. And, and I don't think people should be afraid of, of, of it just because it's got like a science background or whatever. You know, it's still a very attainable thing. Trust me, I am not the like brightest human and I every day I'm afraid but at the same time I'm like no no like this is you know people do this 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 is attainable this is a thing this You're, is what is what is uh the fear what does that stem from oh, I don't know all my bad grades you know are you worried that you won't reach a point of like enough competence that yeah. you'll be able to like take action with the things that you've learned yeah kind of 
Yeah, I do that. Yep, aquatic aquarium. Yeah, that works. Plants and aquarium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just ordered two books on aquarium plants because I don't know anything about them, but I still bought some, and they're still alive. So you know, somebody's <laughs> doing something right. Um, but I do. I I've never wanted to be. Uh, I never wanted to feel complacent um, in any aspect of life. And so I've had a lot of different jobs and, and I will continue to not feel, you know, not want that feeling. And that is something like my mom like has hated and loved about me. I feel like she's like, you know, could have like a nice cushy job if you just stuck with one thing. And I'm like, no, but they, they all tied together in their own way for me. And yeah. I just like to do a lot of things, like I said, and just going to keep on keeping on. Just happy to keep be experimenting. here. Experimenting. Just, just happy to be here. Where has this happened? <laughs> yeah. Water. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Well, we adore you, Bree. Thank We're you. So, Thanks for coming so on. So happy. Podcast. Thanks for having have me. Have you here. Have you on. I've got some good books coming up. So maybe, uh, a repeat? Maybe, I'll have, maybe there'll be a yeah. repeat. We can talk about get get in the thick of it, the books. All right, well, thanks for listening, all you sleepy heads. And I said end. Sorry, I just didn't pronounce it. <laughs> the end. I'm kidding. I said and. Um, and uh, we'll be here next time with uh, some updates. Oh. No, still about about racism. So okay, yeah. you know, be painful. We we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Okay, so what, what what were you expecting when you were you're saying that you like read the back of your book and Oh yeah, I thought we were going to just like do like the thing that you guys do. So I because I'm only like 85 pages into this book, I was like, fuck, I don't know as much as they do. So I I came into this like reading the back of my book and um right before we started, I was like, oh, it's going to be like an interview and you're like, oh. I was like, oh, I just threw the book out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it landed. Fuck that. No, but the
much as we can read it a week and that's what we're talking about but it's really about the conversation yeah that that creates and where that goes off of and like the the what we just read is just kind of like the the catalyst mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah it's what what is going to uh come from just the initial you know like when you're like writing when it comes to writing you start with your your pencil or your pen or your keyboard and you're you're just trying to initiate the process and then what's more interesting is the journey yeah not the de- not the destination you know we're always trying to like pound that into our our dumb human brains through life is like don't be so focused on where i will arrive but like enjoy what is happening in between yeah and which also- ties to the book about the salmon <laughs> <sighs> all comes together because he's on a journey no but, uh, <laughs> but the whole concept of like having guests here and like interviewing them with their book life is to like get a full picture of like who this person is and where they're at in their book journey while reading this thing whereas do it every week we kind of like talk about our personal life throughout all the episodes instead of it just being like this is me this is all like instead of it wrapping it up it's like really short like you kind of get it stretched out but like with a guest you're only going to be here we want to get some nice information from you i'm gonna i'll be here again (laughs) a lot of books we'll have our reoccurring science day yeah yeah we can have like a science day of the month yeah i'll come in so today we are going to learn about how the world is ending. <laughs> We're Who's <all> ready? <laughs> Which is like like the theme of every topic these days. Honestly, Essentially, the world is I, can, I, I can name eight podcasts like more of those people who don't talk about their work. Which is kind of depressing, but it also is like, well, we're having the conversations, we're reading the books, the, the information's out there. It's out there. To help change. Things are happening. That's what these sit, these conversations are about. There are there are wild things happening out there, like just wild wildness. And and it's and it's um to know to know these things and to understand them, and you can you can still be happy, you know. Like sure. I feel like I do feel sometimes conflicted in like being happy and upbeat. But then being aware of just the absolute travesties uh, contained in our history and in our present that and things just never resolve. And how am I supposed to be like conducting myself, enjoying my Starbucks drink? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the luxuries that we have are just insane. Yeah. And I credit myself to an extent what i've done to get to where i am and at the same time balance with the privileges and opportunities and access that permitted me to get here but then there's just people who don't have that that access those opportunities and it really bothers me not because i'm like i attained these things on an unfair play field but just that there's people that won't ever get to play on that field. Yeah. It's very disheartening. Yeah. Because even even when we talk about books in bed, 
we have a bed and we have books and we have time to enjoy those things and in the culmination and there's people that don't have that access so and that is almost um like a big push personally for me to do just the very best that I can is because I do have that privilege and I and I do have that opportunity and I personally don't want to see that wasted you know I very often think about my little niece who I know is currently doesn't have all of the things that she deserves she you know is living a very um I don't know, um, low income life, you know, with my sister mm-hmm. and, and it, it's, it sucks. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want her life to be any harder than it is probably going to have to be or whatever. So like one of my goals is I want to work really, really hard so that I can, when I do get a, a hopefully a nice uh, job after this degree or, you know, after a couple of degrees or whatever, I can add to that savings account and, and hopefully better her, her life, you know, and that she's related to me. So there's, you know, that, but, you know, I want to do this for, a, a, I'm not doing this for myself. Like I am, but I'm not like you listen to what all of these scientists are saying and they're just like, it's just like destruction is, is yeah. going to happen and it's like people need to to do something about it and if I have the opportunity and the the abilities to help fix anything to, to better people of, of this, science is this kind market. of like here's another red flag here's another red flag yeah. here's another red flag and there's and there's just like we need more money for war you know it's yeah it's insane it's it's kind of um yeah it's kind of wild humans humans as a thing is just doomed yeah (laughs) it's just like it's it's coming i mean just listen just watching that that show again about antarctica they were talking about these glaciers are melting at a rapid pace and like if you know anything about glaciers you know that the, the tip of the glacier for an iceberg is is 25 percent of what's underwater and if what's underwater melts and the top of it ends up in the water, then, you know, it, either that creates a tsunami or a tidal wave or the amount of water melting off of these glaciers raises the, the um, ocean levels, the sea level, so much so that, like, if it continues, we are going to lose every single coastal city in the world that's my hometown i live off i'm from the coast the west coast we're all going to be midwestern soon we're pretty close to the coast here well i mean we're gonna have to but like you know that's like a really terrifying thing to hear on disney plus (laughs) (laughs) next up next up after the mickey Mickey mouse is drowning (laughs) Mickey mickey mouse is dead now uh oh, sorry Mickey my my ex boss um so it's but it's like it's like oh okay so that is a thing and you know these these people they don't you know 
They don't make a whole lot of jokes when it comes to like the fate of the planet. They're like, no, 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 <laughs> this is this is what's happening, and this is real, and like the the amount of of money that they receive. Like I mentioned earlier, there was an episode about biomineralogy. This guy, he just got his PhD, or he's working on his PhD in biominerals, and he was like, oh, so happy. He post. I follow him on Instagram. He posted that he just got an awarded money for for uh for his research project thirty seven dollars and eighty nine cents it was five hundred which is five hundred dollars not a lot we're gonna say ten thousand that seems like too little five five hundred dollars that's all he got and he was like you know it's not much but it's a start very excited to start this project and i was like (laughs) and this is like then the 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 following day well that was the end of the five (laughs) hundred dollars uh the project didn't get very far yeah and it's and then I was listening to an uh, astrophysicist, uh, Katie Mack. If nobody knows who Katie Mack is, very cool. She wrote a book about the cosmos, and I can't remember what it's called. But she like briefly mentioned about how like we're only able to afford to watch like three percent of the sky to like make sure that like asteroids or something like aren't about to hit us she was like three percent is really all we can afford to like watch over and we're (laughs) i was listening to that episode like (laughs) okay so hopefully the asteroid that comes to demolish us all you know lands within that three percent of the sky we can see well i mean i guess it would be kind of just like in line with um wait for the name of the book it's called the end of everything (laughs) yeah there it is it's like do we want to (laughs) know Do we want to know that it's going to hit us? Wait, what's that? The I mean, what's we're oblivious. We're ob- astro- astrophysication or something. Being oblivious is just kind of the American way. So. All right, well, I have to cancel. That was a little bonus. Oh, yes. Bonus content. A little bonus content. Well, I just like, we, and this, this always happens, I imagine, with every podcast everywhere, is you get your flow, you find the rhythm. And then you're like, all right, this is a good place to stop because it kind of finds its its ending place, its ending point. And then you turn it off. And then what do you do? Talking. You start talking about interesting shit. <laughs> Bree, how dare you? Because I, I think what's so interesting is not only the conversation that happens, but uh, just, just the inner dialogue and, and thoughts that happened before and after and during and i don't know it's interesting to me so i i'm just like well we need to talk about that too yeah yeah i I just want to talk about everything i just want to talk about everything all my thoughts (laughs) but i have so many and they're bouncing off of so many other thoughts that maybe i have add i don't know yeah i feel like that sometimes (laughs) who knows um but yeah i mean it's just it's so much and my hair is in a ponytail right now. It yeah. sure is. Oh, it looks like one of those troll dolls. It has not been this long since, uh, I want to say second grade. Wow. Maybe first grade. It looks good. Well, Especially kept, in the ponytail. I kept uh, like getting called a girl. Yeah, like people would call me a girl. Sometimes, sometimes as a... Uh, Are we still recording? Sometimes maliciously, but then...
Thanks for listening to the Books in Bed podcast. If you want to leave a comment of which books we should read, or if you're able to, leave us a review. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Books in Bed Podcast, or follow our business channel, which is called The Portland Pickers.